Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. I am your co-host, the comedian Josh Yang. And I am the actor portion of this podcast. It's episode 55, which means Ed Jovanovsky Day. Ooh, Ed Jovanovsky Day. Right, because, you know, we're just a a couple Vancouver kids trying to make it big in uh, the the big toronto city and um but you know you got a shout out to vancouver canucks which is currently a dumpster fire yeah. of an organization but that's where that's not what we're why we're here <laughs> i mean we could we could ask the entire canucks organization have you made it yet and they'll probably say oh you know we like where we're heading we just need some more vet, uh, veteran leadership yada yada uh-huh. but uh okay clearly i'm opinionated on that but okay <clears throat> besides that uh, as you're listening, you're wondering, what is this podcast? Well, this podcast is two creatives, me and Lucas, just starting out their career in entertainment. And we're, we wanted to really bring forth the process of making it uh, from the beginning to the inevitable end, whether it's, uh, you know, soon or after a long career, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, all the ups and downs, the highs and the lows, uh, we want to be able to share our experiences and then also have guests on to share their experiences and answer the question, you know, have you made it yet? So to start off, Lucas, have you made it yet? No. And I have, I have, um, what do you call it? I have taken steps back in terms of my, um, you know, you know how I said maybe in like two, one or two episodes before I said, I'm just going to do auditions and then forget about them, you mm-hmm. know, be this mm-hmm. kind of cold hearted bitch, like forget about i don't need this but man i have kind of spiraled out and today was supposed to be the callback day for some uh auditions yeah i haven't gotten an email or a text from my agent so i'm kind of upset but it's okay josh there's gonna be bigger and more things to come and also if i if i may too um Mm. it's a psa to all the kids out there who are listening to this podcast it's getting sunnier you might want to spend more time out there which is great you know great to get some sun but wear your damn sunscreen because I'm going to say this out loud, Josh, you and I were at a park last or earlier this past weekend and holy shit, we got burned. Yeah. Holy shit. My legs, arms, my neck, his forehead, if I may say so. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That really, uh, well, I mean, obviously you can see it because there's like a sheen off of it. If anything, it's like a sunrise. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. Okay. But no, the biggest one is probably when I wore a watch in it and now you can get, you can definitely see the shade of the watch. Uh Um, But yes, you know, PSA, definitely wear your sunscreen Yeah. because uh, we're, we're not all young. We can't be young forever. Anyways. um, But Hey, Lucas, 
you know, that's that, that's we're we're here. We're not all good news at the Have We Made It Yet podcast. We're no. we're the we're the grinding it out through the through the misery and the pain to yeah. hopefully hit some highs in the future. Um, and you know what? Like that crypto market, it may have dropped fifty percent in value within a few days, but it'll mm-hmm. bounce right back up. Bounce back, baby. Okay, with that positive positivity that you just exuded, Josh. <laughs> Have you made it yet? Have I made it yet? I don't think I've made it yet, but I feel like there are, you know, little tiny victories here and there. Uh-huh. Uh, especially today, there was a, a happy to announce that CBC uh, Comedy Online, they're online, they put out a uh, multi, well, not a multi page, it's a scrolling page, but it's like they put out an article about Fresh Rice Comedy, uh, the uh-huh. web series. And they had all of our performers uh, give a little profile, a little blurb. Um, in fact, in my blurb, I was able to shout out the Have We Made It Yet podcast. So we're, the podcast is, is out there, baby. We're, we're we out here. We're, we're, you know, just a little podcast that can, could, <laughs> maybe, will. Um, but hey, we're on CBC Comedy, the subset version of CBC News. But hey, you know what? That's still pretty big. That's still pretty big for, for our for where, you know, I imagine I was a couple of years ago and where we had this podcast a couple, like a year or so ago. So hell it's nice. yeah. It's nice Dude, little victory. Thanks for putting us out there, man. We're, we're going to push us off that, uh, that CBC bump. Yeah. All, all about that little bump that people will be like, Hey, we'll go, we'll, we'll see what it, if there's a bump in the analytics, but <laughs> any, uh, any, uh, what is it? Any promo, any PR is good PR essentially. But um, yeah, it's great to be able to see that come out um, mm-hmm. to uh, promote everybody on the show. And in that similar fashion, I think that leads us to our guest for today, who is on the exact same article I was on. And you know what? He's a very funny comedian. He's, uh, he performed at, obviously, the Fresh Rice Comedy web series, and he's started I think he started comedy similar to around the time that I started in 2019 uh, from where I could find in on social media. Uh, but we're still, we're a couple fresh. Oh, there it is there. I just, I just, you know, associate, I just brought in the, the whole concept of the, of the series, but it's like, we're just a couple fresh comedians, you know, just ready to be crushed by this entire experience and hopefully come out stronger um, but yes, very happy to announce that we have the very funny Nick Fernandez. Oh my goodness. Woo! Oh my goodness. I feel like, oh man, I feel like the bride. Oh my goodness. I, this is so overwhelming. It's my day. It's my day on the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Although I, after after the article today, we might have to rename it to Have Has Lucas Made It Yet? And we just, you, we'll have to move forward with that. Uh, but uh, there's always an opportunity for adjustments because, uh, you know, maybe maybe also make us pop. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, managing expectations so I don't get sad. Expectations. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of that was the title of one of our previous podcasts. You know what? No expectations. We should just, you know, be happy with what we got and, uh, you know, just just keep pushing forward um, in terms of uh the the title you know have we made it yet you know what that like you said is like hey sometimes you may feel like it but sometimes you question yourself but which leads me right into this question nick have you made it yet uh uh, no 
no, I, I think uh, my bar for, for making it is uh, when that's the only thing I need to do it, to make money is comedy. So that is not the case. Uh, but uh, I, I, like you said, little, little victories, um, you know, I, I, what this week has, this past couple of days has taught me is that um, I'm really bad at taking a compliment. Um, because, you know, I, I don't know if you, you had this Josh, but like you, your parents sent it to people and then like they started, my parents started forwarding along the nice things that people are saying to them. And then, and then like my thread with my dad right now is just me being like, say thank you for me. Like, <laughs> what else, like, what else do I say, uh, back to it? Cause they're like, you're, you're great. So funny. And it's like, thank you. I like, I, I'm just, uh, I, I understand why, like some act like famous actors like get awkward and aggressive because like if you don't uh. have like a, a canned response ready like it's just like someone accosting you right and like <laughs> and i i felt that from a text message it's just like all right this is a lot this is a lot like i don't need to know what eileen said thank you eileen but i don't know eileen <laughs> so like, like i feel like my dad's forgot to like you know capitalizing on my my on on my uh my, my success in in this little thing and i, I he, it comes from a good place he's really proud of you know and he told me told me that but it's uh it's just fun so it, yeah. it's weird how you could complain about anything that's i mean if anything that should that's like our jobs as uh comedians is to complain and pick apart little things and be neurotic even though like you know we shouldn't um and and i just want to let you know nick hey you deserve it oh, oh you you, you deserve it nick you deserve it. We all we all deserve as well the the accolades that we earn, and I feel like we earned it. I feel like, come on, this show, man. Yeah. It was like a year and so ago. It was pretty big for us, uh, and we hustled for it too. It wasn't yeah. just like we were like got put on a show. It's like we fucking filled that audience. That took work. <laughs> Absolutely, a lot, a lot of humbling to be like, please come. I just I need to get twenty. I need to get 20 people in seats so that it's not an empty theater when I go on stage. Was that the bar that was set? 20 per comedian? It was something like that. I think it was like the goal was 30, but it was just like if everyone gets at least 20, it won't be sad. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there was talks about like we could just funnel everyone to the front. We'll make like a little triangle thing. We'll put the camera so it looks like a full audience. But we ended up selling out to like, uh, I guess, what it was it like 400 or something. I think so. I think so. It was like, it was definitely really close. Um, and it was great atmosphere. I, I know, like, uh, I've been saying it a lot before, but walking out on that stage with that audience, that was the first time it felt like, you know, this felt like a comedian type of, you know, experience. This felt like a big moment. You know, I mean, like, there's like two. There's like, you either have the stage theater moment, which is kind of a, a big element of that. But then you also have the comedy club, which is the essence of of doing comedy. But like, have being Both able to great. yeah Both being great. able to be on a theater that was like the first time it's like wow this could this feels good and it, it, it's something like maybe you know i want more yeah yeah and and having done um both of them and having done both of them and and had them go well like obviously the comedy club that i did was i did absolute comedy in kingston um because mm-hmm. i could get on their amateur night there and they have a great amateur night because like there's nothing to do in kingston so yeah. people come out on a wednesday right <laughs> to, to to see the amateurs and like it was a great audience and, and I, I went up and like I, i've been there a couple of times and one time i like I, I i i don't say this for myself but because other people told me that were there that that i killed and like it was like 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 
like applause breaks like people like like crying laughing like and like it, it was like and I did like a very like it was a very like middle-aged white audience but I yeah. did a joke uh I'm not sure how risque this podcast is but about tasting my own cum and they loved it <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, and like it's a ridiculous bit that if they don't like it 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 you crash and burn really hard because like the like it, it requires ho- like hardcore commitment because part of it is like where i i mime that i'm a british uh butler whose job it is to add semen to his master's tea at tea time and wow. <laughs> yeah and and you i had to close i you have to i have to close my eyes and commit and like go through the whole act out and um and, and then you open your eyes and you're like did they like it like <laughs> yeah, yeah um and luckily they did but it's nice. you know th- those are the moments that keep you coming back and keep doing bar shows where no one's listening to you and um you're just like all right um, let me do my poetry <laughs> yeah is that bit like worked in different audiences too yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's uh but it's like i i only bring it out if if i know the audience will would like it right like right. you have to you, you have to like you have to do a bit earlier in the set to see how that one will go right like you got to put like a little canary in the coal mine bit that's like a little dirtier like on the edge and there's like if they laugh hard at it it's like all right then we're gonna put that one in but like you can't like can't have that bit on your set list yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be like this is what's this one's for sure <laughs> like it's not it's not one of those nice. at all it's yeah. no nickname there's no there's no nickname that the nickname joke is uh, definitely family friendly. A kid, a kid could laugh at that. Black it, at that. It's old that. faithful. It's old yeah. faithful. Like it, it's such a. It's you probably have these these bits, Josh. Like it's so good that I'm tired of saying it. Like mm. because there's no fun in do like because you're like I know this is gonna work, uh, and then you do it, and, and, and like it's. It, either it'll work like kind of, or it'll work amazingly. It's never not worked. Right. So like right. once you get to a bit to that level, you're like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, but then you have to bring it out when you, when you want it to want to razzle dazzle. Right. Yeah. My, my old faithful, if anything, it was the first joke where like, I, it came to my mind like years ago, even before like thinking about comedy, it was just like with my friends and it was like the, the one night stand joke. And oh, um, by the that- way, before you keep going, um, anyone yeah. listening to or watching this like go watch our two sets because we're going to keep talking about them and then oh, yeah. come back to, to, to continue listening to this if there's seven minutes each take 14 minutes and then come back yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. You, it's prescribed uh listening for for this episode of the podcast for sure otherwise um, you're just going to be like sounds good hey, <laughs> sounds good you know you, you get you it's like watching the director's cut before watching the actual <laughs> pretty much seems a little long seems, yeah seems drag the parts <laughs> You know, uh, the the food service was good, um, but uh, yeah, no. For me, I think definitely the old faithful is the one night stand joke. That one is like I don't think it's ever not hit, and it's just just the turn of the phrase and the grammatical layout of it. Yeah. Um, it always the audience like it's always a good one for a cold audience or like whatever kind of audience because it immediately sets off with a laugh, and then I'm able to to follow that up through. So yeah, definitely you need some good anchors, um, but once you get into larger sets longer sets then you got to extend it what how long was the set you did in kingston um i think that one was uh i i like the sets there are, are six five to seven minutes and mm-hmm. then one time i i 
the first time I was there, I didn't see the light. So I went nine and a half. <laughs> nice. Luckily, no one was upset. I got off stage and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I honestly didn't see it because like literally it was my first time in the club. And then they're like, there's a red light. You'll see it. And you don't see it because like if you're looking at the audience, you're on a stage, you're, you're looking at the audience and then you're looking down at them, right? The people yeah. in the front row. And then you're kind of looking like level eyed. The yeah. red light is like here, like, like here. Uh, like, above, it's, it's yeah. like it's up and to the right so you only see it if you're looking for it like yeah. you have to really look for it um and i just didn't see it and then I, like i didn't make that mistake again but luckily someone earlier uh in the night like went like three minutes like they oh, panicked yeah. and got off like they were like that's it for me you know it was you know they were newer but yeah and so like it was just like the timing just evened out and everyone was like cool man you're doing well so yeah you keep going but uh if nice. I was bombing and went nine and a half minutes, that would have been, that would have been an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good, man. Like that's, that's interesting. You, you bring that up. Cause it's like, you know, you, you kept going until you could see the light or you felt like you should get off. So then well, I was wondering... just like, it felt like enough time. And I was like, yeah. where there, they should have given me the light. Oh, right. oh, it's blinking. Like yeah. It wasn't on. It was, they were like, get off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm wondering like, before you go into a set, then like, what's your, mindset and plan going in because like i know a lot of different comedians have different ways of approaching it like from that and also the writing aspect but you know getting into the right mindset like also laying out your set list because for me i'm very <laughs> like meticulous about exactly what kind of jokes i want to do i know i practice enough i time it out but like i also do know uh, other comedians that it's like they go in they feel the audience they they see what kind of joke they want to do next and that's very on the fly and i think that's a that's obvious that's definitely a skill uh, in and of itself and uh, I don't know where I am in that but like what's what is your you know approach so I I, I run I've done all of the the things yeah um, so when I first started obviously like it was like you know here's my my full sheet of paper where I write out everything that I want to say on stage you know with the commas and the dot dot dots and everything like that that was my first few um, but then I quickly realized that like I'm not like a, a Mark Normand or like a, a Sam Morrill type of comedian, like, or a Mitch Hepburn, like where you're, where it's just one liners. And like, that's not my vibe. Like I'm more, uh, more so like, I, I realized this as I was on stage, right? Like, cause you try on different personas. You're like, maybe I'm going to be the dark comedian, you know, and you do like a set where like, and then you see people cringe and you're like, I don't know. That's not for me. Like, yeah. you know, some people enjoy that, but it's just like, I I'm, and then, I, I listened to a podcast. I can't remember what it was, but, but the essence of it, they explained that like, you have to find your funny mm. and find like, and mine in your life. Like, when do you make people laugh the hardest? Like outside of stage, just like the people that you're friends with, like, where do you make them laugh the hardest? And I realized for me, it's like late at night when I hang out with my buddies and like, we've gotten to that point where it's like, we're just saying silly shit. Like, it's not even like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, uh, the essence of it is we went to, on a cottage trip like a, a few, several years ago. Um, I think we were still might have been still in high school, but like me and my really close uh, group of guys and we were there and um, we're by the bonfire. And I'm not going to lie to the audience here. I was like ridiculously high. Like, and like I had rolled like a baseball bat that was like yay thick. Like it was like two king size papers like put together. It was amazing. It was like a cigar. And I was like smoking that and I'm like, I just, I came up with like, somehow we got to the word pantaloni 
like it like in in italian it's like you know the the plural form of pants and we're yeah. all at, uh, at least part italian my friend group uh, we call ourselves the italian stallions um but uh, that, that's the name of our group chat um but uh what when while that word came up like i started saying that word like to the i don't remember why it was funny um but to the tune of um umbrella uh, sorry paparazzi by lady gaga like papa paparazzi like and it was like panta pantalones like and it was with the voice crack intentionally every time yeah and it was it was so stupid like but like now to this day like anytime i go to my any of my buddies i'm like pantalones like and they'll just like, we'll just crack up laughing right and that's like the essence of like when i'm like you know the funniest is when i'm just saying silly stuff right mm-hmm. um and kind of being like that that like we're hanging out type of vibe which is more so like i feel like a sebastian maniscalco type of uh, uh... burt kreischer Tom, Tom Segura even like he's a like yeah. more sedated but I'm, I'd probably be a little bit more jazzed up um, you know in, in normal times but all this to say I, I started out writing out all of the the uh, the the words and then I transferred over to just um, naming the bits um, mm. with like one words and then I would have a have a sheet of paper in my pocket with that or like I would put on the stool that would just have a, a list of the bits I wanted to do <clears throat> And then if I ever lost my place, I would just glance down and be like, oh, yeah, that's I would look at the trigger word and I'd be like, that's the next bit I want to get into. Right. And then I would just segue myself into it. Um, but then I got, I started to get to the point where I was like I was feeling like it was a crutch. Like I, mm. I even if I was like, mm. I think this is what the next thing I wanted to get to. I, I would pull up the sheet of paper in my pocket and I knew that the next thing that was on the sheet of paper, but I would just keep checking it. It was like a right. like a nervous thing. And, I, and then I started to feel like it was a safety blanket for me. And I was like, oh, is this going to be what, like, just for me, like, I was like, is this what you're going to need? Like, what happens if you go to a place and like, there's like, you you didn't know that there was going to be comedy there, but someone's like, hey, like, you want to go up? And like, are you going to need to be like, I need a sheet of paper, you know, yeah. like, or, or you have to get, bring your phone up with you. And I, I don't want to have to do that. I wanted to be able to like, just jump on um, if possible. And, uh, and so then I started to be like, you can write it up before, but you can't take it up with you. Um, yeah. so, th- and then, uh, and then I got to the point like where I was like, no, no more set lists at all. Only, only the only time you, you write it out is if it's like a paid gig. Um, mm-hmm. and then you're, yeah. cause then you're going through and you're like, okay, what's the audience going to be like, you're asking that. And then you're like, okay, this is like the ones that I want to have like on tap, ready, ready to go. Uh, and then that's where you bring up the nickname. And, uh, I don't know if you ever saw my, I'm a man, a uh, bit, but that one, that one, you uh, know, that one, that one got shelved for a while. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the other thing where it's like, I think I realized when we we all first started with the auditioning process, uh, I don't think I really w- had a chance to see like that many of the other comedians prior to that at open mics yeah. uh, per se. So I don't think I've seen you outside of the uh, the fresh rice, like prep stuff. Like, doing I stopped doing a lot of stand up in, in Toronto um, for, for a oh. while, uh, like in like right in the city, because I, I was getting to like. I was getting frustrated because you'd go to a show that and then you'd be like hey like you can only get on if you like hang out for like three or four weeks or whatever like and then maybe i'll put you on if we got time mm-hmm. or whatever at like a, a better show type of thing and i was happy to do that and stuff but then i was like i'm wasting a lot of time like a lot of nights where i'm like yeah i'm around comedy yeah i'm out at a nice place yeah i'm talking to people yeah that's fun but um, I want to get more stage time. So then I realized, yeah, in order to do that in Toronto, um, before you, there's so many gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. There's so many gatekeepers because basically any good show has its own gatekeeper. So you need to work yourself into the into the uh, good graces of all of them. 
one by one and you got to just got to go all the way through. Um, and then, so I realized like you can get like, like bigger audiences more often if you go, if you're willing to drive. Mm -hmm. So then I started to go like, that's when I started doing shows like out in Oshawa, Ajax, like going to Hamilton, um, you know, uh, Richmond Hill, uh, Barrie, Newmarket, like wherever, like I, I, I was like going all around the GTA Kingston, like I said earlier, um, all in the, like, you know, driving an hour and 10 to, but you know, I knew I had seven to 10 minutes guaranteed. Right. So the, the drive mm -hmm. was fine. It what didn't matter. Cause I was like, I was able to know I'd get stage time rather than going to like a mic where it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta elbow 40 other, other like, you know, straight white dudes to try and get to the sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I just saw no. a stereotypical thing it's just most of the open micers are straight white guys it does I mean like I mean getting into the whole concept of of like what really pushes somebody to go into it it just seems like you know the established uh comedian archetype is you know kind of a, a straight white dude um trying comedy out and usually for a while it's worked and mm -hmm. now it seems like uh now other people with different perspectives are, are seeing it as more of an opportunity, especially, you know, I think for like yeah. you, me and other, you know, Asian comedians or, or ethnic comedians is like now, now seems more like a time where, you know, it, it isn't as much of just a, a an it's not as an insular group. Yeah. But, it, yeah. and there's more opportunities. Um, but I, there are moments where like I've experienced where it's like, okay, we're going a little too far. We're going, we're going a little, little far with this, like where it's like, you know, shows where it's like it's only people of color. And oh, like, right, right. E even if we have an open spot, like if you're a white, if you're a white guy that's a friends with someone and you show up like, that's right, you can't get on type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, exact thing happened to me because I was the white guy that showed right. up because it was like it was a person person of color show and like and then they were like oh they're not showing up i'm like yeah if, if you got a spot i'd be happy to go up it's like sorry this is only for uh people of color and i was like all right what we gotta can we have a second excuse me hi i have a question um do i need to go get a tan like do i need to come back like yeah i i'm happy to show my ancestral papers like it was like yeah. you know it, it was it was just a yeah i don't know and yeah, also, it damn. didn't help that the guy that did that, I was like, I don't even respect you as a comedian. You're not funny. But, <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, 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 you know, I think at the at its core, we need, we, we, I hope we get to the point where it's just a meritocracy. Like, if you're if you're funny, you're funny, and if you're not funny, like, I, you know, you're you you shouldn't get time until you get funny. Like, you know, and then yeah. you you, you got to earn your spot. I feel yeah. like that that also just then also fits into that weird relationship between the comedian and the audience, right? Because then it's like, the, depending on how diverse your audience is, like they may or may not get your your joke. So like, I feel like, uh, uh, like say a predominantly white audience, I guess if, you, if you're doing material, like I, you said, you, you killed it with your material yeah. uh, in like a predominantly white audience, like maybe sometimes certain material will work better for certain audiences. But like specifically like that cum joke, I could totally imagine if that was in like an Asian audience and it was like because Asians are just a, a bit more conservative, like that would probably maybe not do not do as well. So I feel yeah. like even I, I, then there's that once the maybe if the audience gets diverse enough, then it's like then it, it'll be a, to a point where it's like then it doesn't really matter if we're we're catering too much to one specific identity and it's just more the jokes, you know. Yeah, counterintuitively, like like the the further out you go, like you think they're going to be like more racist, like uh, like from Toronto, like to to smaller towns and things like that. It's like 
kind of, but not not. I wouldn't say racist. I'd just say just ignorant. Like they're right. just not. They just don't <laughs> like. If they say something like wrong or or, or you're offensive or like it's not from a place of like hurt. Like yeah. they're trying to hurt you. They're just like they just don't know that they're not supposed to say that, right? Um, whereas like in, in Toronto, they everyone seems to know what the magic words are, and mm. it doesn't matter what magic words you say. Um, no matter what the context is, like they'll shut off completely as a as an audience, right? Mm, that's true. Um, and a, a lot of the times, I found like the audiences in Toronto are a, little, a lot rougher, like in the non non like club spaces. The club spaces where it's like that's what comedy's for. But like if you go into bars or or like you know just shows that people like put on in like back rooms of restaurants and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, just harder audiences because most of them just have their phone in their hand and they're like yeah. if, if they're watching you, they're Snapchatting you. To their friends like they're not they're they're not in the moment or paying attention whereas like you go to the boonies and like yeah that like you might hear an n-word dropped at the bar um but like they're paying attention like you know <laughs> so it's like it's it's kind of a trade-off of like of like how principled do you want to be for your stage time you know <laughs> like and for me i was like i'm fine going up over the audience i'm like hey it, as long as like i'm able to like get you on my side and get you to laugh like it shouldn't matter like what uh, what the what the rest of it is but that's kind of like the where I want to hope which, get, I'll get to. Which cities do you think has the best crowds right now in the GTA? Uh, or right now, GTA, none. But... Right now, oh. none. But uh, <laughs> um, in normal times, um, I, I, I'd say um, my favorite my favorite shows were we're at we're at the Kingston Absolute. But I, oh. I'm not sure if that's just because Kingston or just because Absolute Comedy com- Club is 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 really good there. But I, I had a lot of really fun shows um, in in Richmond Hill. Um, and in in Newmarket, I I, mm-hmm. I became friends with a really really fun comedian named uh, named Liam Kelly. I don't know if you've ever seen him perform, Josh, but he 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 stopped doing like the 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 clubs and stuff like that because he he was able to just like um, go out on his own like and book his own shows like he's he's yeah. like a really really cool headliner, and he he just does all crowd work. Like he, mm, he'll go yeah. up and he has like a few like, you know, touchstone bits that he, he'll bring out, but he'll just go out and talk to the audience and then create something out of nothing. And it yeah. was awe inspiring. Like he would just go up and be like, hi, hi, miss. What's your name? And like, Mary, Mary nice to meet you. And, and who was that next to you? Um, oh, Bill, Billy, nice to meet you. And, and how do you guys know each other? I was like, oh, oh you're on a date. You're on a date. And, and, uh, and you know, uh, how long have you guys been together? And like, he would just, he would just mine for information. And then sometimes it wouldn't be even be like that funny. Like he'd, he'd give like little one-liners for, for like, for like 10 minutes. Like it wouldn't be, it would be like, like tepid laughter. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he would, he would weave together the story of every single person that he talked to in the audience into one like cohesive bit. And it would just create this uproarious laughter. It was incredible to watch, but like I started doing shows with him cause he uh, was kind enough to say that I was funny and like we would drive together to, to shows and stuff. And I would get to nice. open for him. And like every time, like I got to do that, that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely like, another level of skill that his name is liam kelly by the way i don't liam i don't kelly. know if I, I if i said his name there sorry <laughs> no 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 you definitely did liam yeah. kelly i'll definitely uh, have to look out because like i think the way you've uh, separated it makes sense because the audience is definitely different if you got like within the city versus in outside of the city and and in in certain respects like you need to get outside the city or else you're in too much of a bubble of an audience and like going to different towns is where you can 
um, really started to get, get a sense of what works in different audiences, different perspectives, different crowds. And so far I haven't been able to um, do that myself. Like I don't have a car. Usually I kind of just like try to go with whatever's the closest uh, around me. Um, but yeah, like the more that you mentioned that, like doing crowd work, weaving in the story, I think if anything, that's, that's the next level of like, you know, you're a professional comedian when it's like, sure, you can do your own jokes. And if that's your style uh, mm -hmm. and you like, there's no crowd interaction is like, that's, that's perfectly fine as well. But I feel like in terms of the, the expertise level of understanding a crowd and being able to weave that storyline, I think that is a definitely one that it takes years of experience. Um, I had a similar experience, like when I went to New York a year or so ago, just like just to take a look, look around. It was the first time I went to New York after like starting comedy. So I had a different approach to seeing comedy, um, like at the Comedy Cellar yeah. uh, or the Village Underground area. It was like now that I was seeing like comedy from these like bigger names, was, like I was trying to dissect how they were doing it. And like you said, mm -hmm. it was like when you build an hour long show, you have your prepared material, but then like sometimes by weaving the audience in and like building this thing. And then like throughout the rest of the show, you can, you always have the, these like, um, you know, ammo cartridges in your gun where you can just make a quip to one guy in the middle of one of your jokes and have that, like just kick off a whole round of laughter. Um, or if something fails, like you have a, you have a safety net. Cause you can just yeah. be like, when I talk about Janice, they never not laugh. So I'm, I'm just going to be like, all right, man, uh, maybe I should just get Janice up here and stuff. Like, and then they'll go, ha, and then you go right into yeah. your next bit. Right. Like it's, it's really, it, yeah. there, there are so many little tricks or like, if you, some of the, the fun ones that I learned, like if you have a really rough audience, like um, where they're talking through it, like instead of trying to like get them to, to shut up, like just, you don't want to do this, but if you have to like bring them in, and um ask them a question that you have a joke for already like right. so if, if you're if, if they want to be a part of it just ask them a joke like uh, ask them a question where the punchline is is your joke like uh where the answer is your punchline and no matter what they say you know that you can top them right mm -hmm. so then you can and then you just use that and then what if you do that like a few times then then they'll just be like oh okay we just need to listen to this guy because he's yeah. the funnier one and then they'll calm down yeah, no, those 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 things definitely it comes with experience. It also comes with like mentorship, like the only works that, if you are actually funnier than that. True. Yeah. You also yeah, you also definitely need that would that'd be the worst if it was like you're up there trying to tell jokes and then an audience member gets bigger laughs than you. Then it's like, oh, uh, you just got to finish the set and just like walk off or uh -huh. you try to bring it back and somehow be yeah. able to, to turn it around. Um, but yeah, so I mean, to continue with kind of like the crowd work element for me, like I haven't been doing any crowd work because like I, I kind of just I'm more of a writer's uh, mm -hmm. comedian there was like maybe one time something was happening like people came into the bar and I was able to come up with a couple jokes on the spot and then put it right into my set which was mm -hmm. it was fun to do because it was a new thing I never did before but for you like how's how's your experience now with like crowd work like what's your comfort level uh, I think my comfort level is is what I just said. Like my level is like I'm fine with like asking them a question, and, like having a conversation, but I know the conclusion is going to be a joke I'm going to get back to, right? Okay. So I might ask someone. Um, for example, I have a bit about um, getting gifts for someone when you're in a relationship with them, and um, it, the premise is that there's only three rules: is that um, it has to be be sentimental, it has to, uh, and and um, 
what's it called? And uh, you always have to up the ante on yourself. See, it's been so long that I, I've, yeah. since I've done it, but like, um, but the, I, I have a bit, I have a, a story about like, you know, the, what I did in my relationship, but what I would do it for crowd work is like, you just go, you, you find a couple in the, in the crowd and you're like, how long have you guys been together? What was the, the last thing you got you? Like, and then you just ask them and then like, sometimes their answer will be funny. Right. Yeah. So like the, their, their answer will be like, he got you what? footy pajamas like you know like you, you and then you can kind of right. like play around with that um but you always know that i always know that i can just go back right back in like and just like bail from from that conversation mm -hmm. right um but i the thing that i was getting to right before the the whole pandemic happened was i wanted to i was trying to organize like running my own show because i wanted yeah. to get more hosting time yeah. um because the host job is to you're not uh, for for the audience you probably don't know this but and most comedians don't know this is that the host job is not to be a comedian for mm. the night um, that they're hosting their job is to be an, the spokesman for the audience mm. so they're they're meant to go up there and like and do jokes at the start and and start it off get them get them warmed up um, but their job is not to be the funniest person of the night. Their job is to showcase everyone else and to make sure that the whole show goes well. They're responsible for the show, not their jokes. Mm -hmm. And so that might involve if someone bombs, their job is to go up afterwards and make fun of the person that bombed. Mm -hmm. Not because they're vindictive or mean, but because they need to bring laughter back and make the, what just happened, even though it sucked, they have to make it funny. Right. And so the, the lack of laughter is it ends up being the, the funny part. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just wanted to be able to work on that muscle. And part of that is 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 being interacting with the audience, doing crowd work and just being mm. like, you know, and and if you have like a bit of a rowdy audience, if if the host is very clear, it's like, hey, I'm happy to talk with you guys like we can have a conversation and, and, and ham it up. But the other guys like, let's be respectful, let them just get through through their material and, and really enjoy what they have to say. But like for me, like you can feel free to talk. To, like you can you can talk to when i'm up here right yeah. like and then you can kind of if you give them rules to to like have an outlet for themselves then yeah. it will go better and that's what i wanted to try and practice and get better at did you do any uh, zoom shows during this pandemic done a few done a few yeah. uh, i actually have one coming up this friday where i'm uh, a, nice. a paid gig for a a real estate agent and his uh, his clients so nice. see how it goes yeah that's a different crowd, man. Holy shit. Well, it's going to be, you know, I, I think it's going to be all different ages and there's probably kids watching too. So we're, we're going to stay away from the British humor. Earlier. <laughs> how, have you found um, that kind of environment? Because I, I know like I hear a lot of different um, reactions to it, opinions of it, like from, from other comedians or like, you know, more amateur comedians as well. But, you know, how was your experience so far with that? Obviously, it's not my favorite. I don't do a lot of them, but it's nice to know that you can do it. Um, mm. just the weird part is that like you, you're not, you're used to like hearing laughs and like using that to pace yourself. Mm. Whereas like, mm. it, usually it'll just be like, like it, that or oh. like, or, or like, you know, maybe it'll be like a, a peaky mic and stuff. Like, so then you're just like, you don't want to hear them. Right. <laughs> so that, um, you know, that that's just weird. So like you, you have to be really, I, I think you'd be, you'd be great for it, Josh. Cause you're, you're just very measured in your delivery. Uh, right. whereas like. Outside of the fresh rice set, which I was like very, very polished because like I just knew the parameters I had to fit within and like that, I just knew I drilled that material to death. Um, but normally I'm a little bit looser and like no, no two times I do a, a set is a, a joke is the same, right? Like, mm. and 
it's always a different there's probably a different inflection depending on how an earlier joke went i might have it i'll like throw in a different call but like you know that type of stuff yeah 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 no it's like for me i haven't really done or or even really sought out uh for it um just because i know in terms of the writing process you know you do need that kind of feedback to understand like what's good or what's what's not great um so for me like even like writing new material i mean throughout the pandemic i've continued to like jot down ideas whenever they come up but in terms of actually like writing out or formulated a whole new set of jokes like i haven't really done that that much like how, how have you been doing in terms of like writing new material um for most of it uh n- next to none because I, I i was really like my i think my my brain my subconscious like just got so sad from the lack of shows like yeah. like um i would always come up with material on the way back from shows like mm. that's when I would come up with like the, my best ideas because I had just like a gone through the my new stuff um, like that I wanted to do that night and saw, saw how it went. But I also like listened to a bunch of other comedians and like their novel ideas and and I had a different experience. Right. I think that's the biggest thing for, for a comedian is like you have to and I hear this on podcasts all the time is like and I really feel it in my own life. Like you, if you don't have experiences that you're having like new experiences. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's no new information in your brain in order to, to create new material. And for me, I'm not a topical joke person where I look at the the news and like make jokes like that. That's not just not what I find funny. Um, and I, I've tried, like I've tried to like force myself to do those exercises, which is like good to see like, Hey, I can, I can do this. It's just like, you know, it's not, it doesn't come easy to me. Um, and, uh, but now that like things are starting to open back up, like my, the juices in my head have started to flow again. Um, and I think coming towards the, the, you know, the release of fresh rice, it started a little bit, bit more as well. Um, and, you know, I, 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 it used to be like when I was performing a lot, like you ever have the bits that just like, you know, uh, it's, it's like almost like an artist or something like the muse just gave it to you. Like, it, mm. it's just, it was just, you didn't come up with it. It was just delivered into your brain. And then you're just, you had to think about it for 10 seconds and all of a sudden it's just, it's like, this is perfect. Like, for example, ramen. Yeah. I, I never uh, changed that. Yeah. The first time I did it was that. And I just went on stage w- with it. And, and it, like, I, I thought of it, I, I could tell you exactly where I thought of it. I was sitting at one of those like dinky tables in the middle of young Dundas square by <laughs> Eaton center. Yeah. Sitting there, like waiting to go do, do a show like down the street or something like that. Um, like sipping like an iced coffee and I was just sitting there and, and then I, I, I like, I saw like a priest walk by or something like that. And then I was just like, Oh, like, you know, I'd start giggling about something. And then I thought, and then I must've saw, seen someone eat soup or so. I don't know what, how it happened, but in my brain, I was just like, that'd be really funny if like, you just sing about different, like, like, and it was just, it all of a sudden it just came down. I wrote it down and um, it made me bomb that night. Uh, <laughs> uh, the second half of my set, because it was a new bit. So yeah. what do you do with the new bit? You bury it in the middle. So you, cause you know, the stu- your closer is going to bring it back. But yeah. what happens if the new bit is better than anything else you have or your closer? Like, <laughs> then you right. just bomb because you couldn't follow yourself. Uh, so I, I bombed the second half of my set there at Yuck Yucks that night, which was, yeah, fun. no, that's, that's definitely funny. And um, it really is kind of like, so hit or miss, like you, you could try to, push yourself to go into a regiment like a routine of writing every day but then sometimes it it is just a situation where something just magical happens and it just comes out the exact way that it it sounds or it meant to be uh i guess one joke i could i could probably uh 
kind of attached to that kind of mindset is like the I sound like how I imagine turtles feel like yeah. that one I don't think I thought I think I was just like pacing in my room kind of like going through were a you set. wearing that shirt I might have been I might have, <laughs> I might, have, I might, have, might have felt like very turtle turtle-esque but like I've always I guess another thing is like I've been ca- called or like people have ca- like said I look kind of like a turtle before so that's always been in like in my subconscious and then suddenly I think I, when I was just running through different sets it's like you know how you're you just say quips yeah. Just, just running it out. Well, everyone the, has their time. look like. Um, yeah, their their look like. You you have a sound like, um, but most people have to start their sets with a look like. And sometimes you'll do a, a I um, for the audience like most comedians have a, a a joke that they'll do early in their set where it's I look like blank, um, it, which is just a simile because it's an easy joke, but it it lets them know like who you are and like mm-hmm. it get gives you a good feeling like right off the bat and like lets you do more jokes because they trust you. Right. Um, and so like I, I had a few like some of them like are like the, the divorced dad one, like they hurt your feelings because like you don't, you didn't know it was true about yourself, but you just kind of threw it out there as like a throwaway line. And then like you get like a really intense laughter and you're like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> like, and then some of them are great. Like I, I had one that you, that popped for a really long time, but stopped working because it, it left the zeitgeist. But I would used to say that I look like brown Jon Snow. Because like uh, normally I have uh, long hair, yeah. and like and like I had a, like a bigger beard at the time, so like I looked <laughs> like Brown John Snow, uh, and then I had a whole bit about like the only difference is like you know I don't need furs, I'm hairy enough, you know, I uh, and then I, I because I, I'm half Indian, half Italian, like I don't ride a dragon, just Dumbo and a sari, uh, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, um, and then the really major d- difference between me and him is that it's not as socially acceptable when I fuck my aunt. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to burn that material here because I can't do the joke anymore because it doesn't, uh, not enough people know, but Game of Thrones anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The so like I, I would do like, I look like Brown Jon Snow and people would be like, who is that? I, mm-hmm. And then like the rest of the bit is useless if you don't know who, who that is. That's true. Because of like, maybe it was the series uh, finale that really left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to think about that anymore. It's like, it, yeah. it worked for another like six months after mm-hmm. the series ended, but then like there's no like for the previous nine years, right? There was like either the promos for the next season or the season mm-hmm. was on, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know the first year and a half that I was doing comedy, it was uh, it was like a good bit because it was yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like looking back on terms of like not only like say how we get our inspiration or like motivation, I know like. Hey, in the CBC comedy article, you mentioned uh, a lot about like how your identity kind of inf- does influence your comedy because that's where you can mine some of your like emotions and perspective because you know, you're half Italian, you're half Indian. Um, it's like, are you Asian enough? Am I Asian enough? Uh, y- yada, yada. Um, so I'm wondering like in terms of taking, you mentioned the story with your high school friends is like mm-hmm. that you, you already have a, a foundation where it's like, you know, you're funny. Uh, amongst your friends but what kind of pushed you to be like i want to get on stage now and try comedy yes so i i've always um i i think um from um a reasonably young age probably like seven or eight or something like that i i was like a fan of comedy like i i loved telling uh telling uh, i i i wasn't funny at the beginning though like when i was little uh I was more so I, I was like insecure and, and like I got bullied a lot. So I was just um, I was sarcastic and acerbic, 
Like I was like, I was like Chandler, but with no charm. Like, you know, like I was, I was just, I was just rude. Like, you know, <laughs> most of the time, like just like really sarcastic and, and rude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like, I kind of learned how to channel that and, and be able to dial it into like, you know, when you, when to use it and some that still struggle with that on when to, you know, stop with the jokes and mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, yeah. And then it got like, I, I was always like, you know, making my friends laugh and stuff, but I wasn't uh, popular or anything. So, and, uh, in high school, I was like, I was a band geek. Um, and just like played in the in the band, I, I was first chair trumpet um, in the nice. senior band halfway through grade nine. Uh, oh, and, wow. so you're you're legit? Look, because I yeah, I was, I, was I was really good at the trumpet, and I and and like this is total brag, but like I started the trumpet in grade nine. Like I just got like really good within like three weeks because wow. my sister was <laughs> my sister was in the senior band, and my yeah. mom dropped us at school, and the senior band practiced at set at like seven a.m. Yeah. And school started at eight thirty, mm-hmm. so I got dropped off at six forty-five every morning um, at the at the high school. And then I was like, I was just in the music room, and I'm like, I might as well practice. And then I just got really good. And then eventually, I was I just asked the conductor, like, uh, and the music teacher is like, Hey, can I play with the senior band, like third chair? Um, and he's like, Yeah, here, here's the sheet music. We can always use an extra trumpet, like if you're willing to practice. And I'm like, Cool. And then like, <laughs> just slowly throughout the semester, like as we got new pieces, I was like, Can I get second chair? And like there was like like people in in the band that like were just trying to do it for a credit. They just didn't give a shit. And they're like, yeah, whatever, fun. You you do second chair. Then I just kept moving up <laughs> and, and into into first chair by the end of the end of the semester. But uh, yeah, nice. and but all that to say that yeah, that didn't make me popular in the in the school. Um, but and also the the popular kids in my elementary school end up being the popular kids in my high school, mm. and they were all terrible people so uh you know it just kind of like you know it, it closes off that group um yeah there was like there was a bunch of kids like and uh that uh and then it was weird like I, I don't know if you've ever had this or if you guys were popular at all but like when someone who's really shitty to you like comes to you for help because they're dumb mm-hmm. it's such a great moment <laughs> it's such a great moment where they're, where they're you're in chemistry class and they're like hey can you help me out with this and i'm like why don't you go fuck yourself <laughs> and like with no like like it doesn't weigh on your conscience because you're like i'm in the right here <laughs> like and it's so nice when you get to be like mean and rude and like there's no negative side effects to yourself like because i'm i'm a generally nice person so if i'm like rude to someone i'll feel it afterwards but like when you have a chance to like be like truly shitty to someone and it's deserved like I'm not above that. And it's, it's, I have fond memories, fond, fond memories of those moments. Do you um, take that like kind of vindictive spirit on stage at, at any time? Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, 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 I do a bit uh, about um, the only time I, I, I broke a, someone's bone, um, w- which was uh, I broke a kid's arm playing hockey. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I feel great about it. It was not yeah. my fault. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, so, it wasn't yeah. even during the game. It was after the game. <laughs> no, it was, dur- it was during the game. It was during the game. But um, I, I was, I played defense. I'm not a good hockey player. Let's start there. I'm not, I'm not good at hockey, but I, I was fast and I was a good at defense because I had, I have long arms so I can get my stick really far from my body and poke mm. check. Right. But I'm terrible at, at stick handling and my shot is atrocious. That's why I was left defense. Okay. I could, I could shoot it toward the net and get it, someone to tip it in, but that was about it. Right. But being good at defense, I I was really good at covering the guys that were good on the other teams. They would put me on the ice, like when they were on the ice and then I would defend them. Right. 
And one guy that I was playing against, um, who just so happened, uh, uh, this was when I was in like grade eight, uh, the next year, he happened to go to the same high school as me. Um, but, uh, he, he got, was starting to get frustrated with the fact that I kept taking the puck away from him. And mm. he pushed me after like the halfway through the second period, uh, mm. away from me and said, get away from me, you dirty packy. Um, Ooh. and, and I got heated immediately. Yeah, I got yeah. so upset and it really offended me because I'm Indian. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. I'm not Pakistani. Like, just like, you know, do your research if you're going to be racist, you know, like, uh-huh. I just like do, like, do me the, the respect of, of putting some effort into your bigotry. Yeah. But, uh, and so, but I took the high road. I just, I skated away. And like, even though it was in the middle of the play, I skated away to the bench and I was like, coach, but like, and I just hopped over the boards, boards. And my coach was like, what? And he's like, he called me. Like, I was like, he just, he like, whatever. I, I got really upset, but I just stayed on the bench. Um, and then I cooled down and I'm like, whatever, it's not worth it. And then mm. I got back on the ice, like for my next shift, this fucker jumps off the bench and comes after me. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and like, I, and I just, ha- I so happened at that moment to have gotten the puck. I passed it away and he tried to hit me Yeah. and I was a stocky kid. Um, and so he hit me and I had a good low center of gravity. So he just bounced off. Mm. this was a, a common theme when I played hockey because I played house league for the most part, which is like, there's no hitting. Um, but kids would hit me and then fall. Huh. And then the referee would turn around, see me upright them on the, the ice. And then he would be like, penalty. Like, and, and I just, I would get so many penalties and I, I couldn't even argue with them at a certain point. And I'm like, I don't, I'm just going to go sit down. Mm-hmm. And like, and so this was a common occurrence. So like this happened again, he hit me, he fell. But when he fell, he reached up and grabbed my jersey and pulled me down on top of him. Oh, shit. I was not a light boy at that time. So yeah. it was like a like a grade eight. I was probably still like 160 pounds, 165, just straight Damn. down onto his arm, like snapped it. Just Damn. and he broke his own arm and he started screaming and I started laughing. And it was wonderful. And I just Dude. got up off of him and I looked down on him and he's like, he's like crying in pain. And I'm like, <laughs> I just stood over him until the ref came over and pulled me away. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't say anything to him. I just started, I was just laughing really, really hard. And then I went to the bench and then he kept up, you know, saying really uh, racist and, and, and oh. not nice things all while they're putting on a stretcher, taking him off. I'm going to fucking kill you. You fucking dirty, but b- sand monkey, like all this other shit. Like, and, <laughs> how old was this kid? He was like two years older than me. So wow. like I was, oh. I w- must've been like 13, like sorry, 12, maybe he was 14 or something like that at the time. Jeez. And just like, just, uh, and he was like, I would say like maybe 110 pounds soaking wet, but just a vitriol and terrible human. Dude, um, he wanted man. all the smoke, man. Yeah. God damn. So the, I kept doing the, the like, and then every so like we kept playing the game, and like he was you every so often you'd hear like screams from the changing room and stuff, then like other oh, like taking his equipment off to get him to the hospital and stuff. Um, it's still so so fun for me to tell this story. I love it. Um, but then I, I I we finish the game and then I'm getting off the I get off the ice. You'd think the story ends there, but it doesn't. So I'm as I'm getting off the the ice at the end of the game, I'm going towards the uh, towards my the the dressing room for our team. And as I'm I'm going there, I like I'm it's I get off the ice and it's to my like just straight ahead, but just slightly to my left. And I go to turn like go to walk in, and then all of a sudden, like from my blind spot, like right here, I hear a screech, like like a high pitched like 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 eagle, 
like type of thing, yeah. you know? Um, and then as I, as I'm turning to like, to look, I see his mom running at me with like her, like her, like stay at home mom, aggressive talons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the nails were like, they're so long and sharp that like, it's obvious she never has to do any sort of labor. You know, like yeah. there's no work in this lady's day. Right. So she's mm -hmm. running at me screaming and like with like trying to like get at me. I'm 12 guys. Keep this in mind. <laughs> she's in her forties. I am 12. And this is a lady in her forties going to attack a child. Yeah. And she's coming at me. And as I'm turning, she's about like maybe like two feet from me. Like her hands like are, are right about to get to my face out of nowhere. I see this big brown arm come up like a, like a, uh, like a parking uh, thing like you know the, par the parking thing comes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the the divide the barrier and just clothesliner like right to the ground and i look up it's my dad <laughs> and nice. i was like i was like fuck yeah let's go india like it was a great moment yeah but uh it's i, I like telling that story because it's kind of like i got in a fight but there's no negative conscience on, on me like i i've i can tell that story and just feel joy yeah, yeah, that is, that is nice. That I mean, it's, it's it's almost like one of those such instant karma. Like I've never <laughs> right. seen karma work so quickly. Yeah, but and then it's also like I always wonder in those situations if somebody's being racist and they're being the aggressor and then they just fuck themselves up. Is yeah. like, do they eventually put two and two together and realize like, oh no, wait, I did this to myself? Or I don't is it, think this guy ever. No, ever I, I don't imagine. Yeah. I don't imagine that. I, I imagine he's just from that day on is like, oh, he my, had I like spiked believe. hair with like the frosted tips. Like when mm. I saw him the next dude, like in high school. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so you basically, can bleep it out. I'm gonna say his name. Fuck you. You <laughs> if if he's still what? around, I don't know, but like that is his name, and and fuck him. Nice, nice. So essentially, oh. we've we've gone through your origin story. We've yeah. established the the original villain and the motivator. The original said, yeah. Yeah, and now and now that and that is how you. You know what's funny? I never thought about that story until I started doing stand up again, and I, I was like, I was like, do I have any funny racial stories? Like you know where you're like think that, like. Because I, I started to, like, categorize my bits mm. and then, like, have, like, folders. And then I was, like, looking at them, like, oh, here's all my jokes about race, like, and, and like, the weird things and stuff. And then mm -hmm. I was thinking about it. I'm, like, oh, yeah, I broke that kid's arm. Like, or, like, he broke his own arm. And I was, like, uh, that, that is a funny story. Uh, and then I tried doing it on stage. And then I realized I was still angry about it. Oh, shit. Because when I went on stage, like, it wasn't funny. Because I was just mm. like that, the like the inner anger came out, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I need to work on this a little bit. I need to, <laughs> I need to, I need to take a second and like, because if you're still angry, it's not funny because you're just like you're, you just they see your rage, right? And then mm. they're like, they're like, is this guy stable? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I needed to get a little bit more distance, but like think about the funny yeah. parts and, and pace it up. Yeah, like Bill Burr does a great job of like showing anger, but it's still hilarious at the same time. Well, it, what it yeah. is, he's screaming, but his eyes are smiling when you watch him on stage. Like mm. when he's uh -huh. when he's angry, like you can it, it, it's there's like a twinkle like you can see the, the crinkle that like he's enjoying it. Like mm. if if they stop seeing you enjoying like what like the, the, the fun part of it, like that's yeah. when it like takes a turn. Right. Yeah. Sebastian uh -huh. Maniscalco does it perfectly because he's like he's uh -huh. always like annoyed and angry, but it's always it's always funny yeah would yeah. you would you say uh sebastian mascalco is uh one of your your biggest influences um definitely, in terms of definitely. comedy yeah I, I think as i get more comfortable on stage like that i i'm very expressive in normal life mm. with my hands and stuff um but on stage like i most for the most part i keep it pretty contained 
that's something I'd want to get more into. Yeah. But it, like, it takes a lot of confidence to do act outs and things like that. But I want to do them more because like, because they're so scary to do, because if you commit to a, like a really big physical action, like, and it doesn't land, that's a sad return back to back to back to the, the like, you know, neutral, yeah. right? Like you just be like, yeah, you get you get real small like, on this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And you, that's when you start to get that low back sweat, the cold yeah. low back sweat. Uh, yeah. There it is. But there it is. I do want to get into uh, like other types of um, like creative stuff um, just to bring uh, bring Lucas into this cuz I feel like it's been 99% comedy talk, but I'm 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 here for it. It's great, but I I just started to feel like a bad host even though I'm the guest. Um <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I started like writing like scripts and stuff during quarantine. Cause my, nice. my, uh, my like stand up muscle wasn't, wasn't like there for me. So I tried to like write, I write like, wrote like a part of a sitcom pilot, like a little yeah. initial thing about, um, mm-hmm. like being at home with my family during quarantine. But then I like, I stopped seeing like, I'm like, Oh, people won't want to watch this for a very long time. So then I kind of abandoned the idea. Cause like a, a show about quarantine, no one wants to see that. Um, I don't want to see that. Like, yeah. cause I, I, I like the idea. And then about halfway through, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, and then yeah. I kind of changed it, but I started I, to get into like sketch writing and things like that. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I mean, like yeah. if anything, the first act of doing is just writing. Yeah. So at least like get that brain going so that you know how to like speak for different characters and know how to speak for, for yourself at the same time too. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to like kind of slip into the different perspectives and, um, the, the thing about scripts is that like you probably know this better than i remember lucas it's like they take a long fucking time like it, it, like and it, even when you're working on them by yourself especially if you're working on it with someone else if the back and forth it's gonna take a while to like get through it but i hope that this this set will give us some traction so i can get in some sort of agent or something and do like yeah commercials for sure. and stuff being mm-hmm. a comedian it's really hard to try and get representation if you don't have a demonstra- demonstrable success already yeah um, and i hope that this will be enough to be able to like get the email opened once i start sending mm-hmm. them out is that is that like kind of your next step because i do want to you know we talk about making it and like you know how we all get motivated to start doing it but then also it's like you know we all have end goals or, or ideal goals that we want to get to is like where would you say like your ideal trajectory is gonna go into Kumail non johnny <laughs> oh there we are be, yeah. be just command just like uh kind of his trajectory because he started in stand-up and then yeah. he got into like acting and stuff and then he got got jacked as fuck to do action movies um i want to kind of i've been doing a lot of work during quarantine to mm. get the the third one to come closer so i've been working out like twice a day for the past like yeah year Sick. and a half like it's like i've gotten like uh, some some decent decent guns going but um it's the first time where i've, I've actually been like lean like i've been mm-hmm. muscular before but i've never like had like le- lean muscle it's always yeah. been like i've always been like the kind of dad bod life um but now I'm, i like this might be the first summer with abs and i'm i'm here for it also nice. i want to get into commercials and stuff because i'm uh, you know, as my material tells you, it's like I am so ethnically ambiguous that any commercial, like I could, whatever race you want, that is true. I'm there for it because you don't have to state it, right? Because like, nope. because I'm kind of like a, I'm writing this down right now. Before I say it, because it's it's a really good good bit, and I just, I'm a racial Rorschach test. <laughs> you see what you want to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my face is like whatever you want. Like the eye is in the beholder. They they put <laughs> yeah. whatever they want uh, want to on it. So I think that would be 
really cool and yeah no that's that's definitely versatility you you've got you've got not only do you have the ethnic range you have the age range with that yeah. divorce dad energy oh yeah you could go you could go old you could go young you know it's all just different levels of hair um whereas like i think for me is very specifically one but uh <laughs> yeah i think i think that's well i, I like, mean if they do a live action ninja turtles again <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, because of the because of, you know, <laughs> because I'm a turtle. That's that that's that's what it is. It's because it's because of the turtle feature. Your disdain makes it so much funnier. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. Like I say, I say I've received you know comments that I look like a turtle. I never said I accepted them. I, I never, said, <laughs> I never, I never said it's like that is fair. Get them, Josh. Kinda, get them. Yeah, I just kind of just uh, internalized it, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe have it come out. Uh, you get no sympathy from me. I, I had to, I got called tits Nick for eight months in university. <laughs> I did not that's consent true. to that. I did not. That's that's true. That's true. There's hey. there's another end to that bit. Let when I like do it on stage because like <laughs> I would always end it with "fuck you, Tess." Cause I was the girl that came up with it oh, and wow. and people would always laugh really hard. Cause like the, you know, like that was where like the true, the actual frustration and the anger, like where that that's funny. Cause people are like, Oh, he still cares, you know, cause, cause they could see the truth and then it makes everything else funnier. Right. But mm. um, I didn't want to put her on blast. And <laughs> Wait, so, so she, so she, she called you tits, Nick, but were your tits, bigger or small no so what, what it was is that um prior to to working out a ton like i i i would have like packs like i could always flex them but they were very like they the way that i carried fat it was just like they they went tit like it, it just oh. it was like a little and then i i still now i have large nipples like they're they're like wide but they have depth which is the thing so like no matter how much weight i would lose um i like if I, when I wore a t-shirt, it would like kind of fall, like you, if it was loose, you could, it would kind of like billow over the nipple. Like it would kind of oh. like fall over the nipple. So you could always uh, see them. So it always see, looked like uh, I was cold. So it's, so more like, nips. it's not nips. on her. Like they were always out. Right. So <laughs> like it, it, it was like, it was, and it drew the eye. And so naturally like, but you know, mm. we could have come up with a different nickname. Yeah. That was, was low the, for the core of it, but, but it's, uh, you know, I, I hold no ill grudges for because I, I got to the point where like if I got to the point of acceptance and like owning it as like a funny thing and then it just stopped bothering me. Um, and then the funny thing is now that I work out, like worked out more and like got leaner, like my my pecs got bigger and like that kind of like evened out the the differential. Yeah. So yeah now yeah. like it just looks normal. But that's um, good. It, I had to like write more material about it to try and like be like, not anymore. It's like now it's like blank and, and I'm working on that. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, that's uh good. Good for you for getting lean and stuff. I myself have uh have been trying to to get lean, uh, get in better shape. And also, I I agree with you. I see. I'm starting to see some abs. So it's like, yeah, this might be the first summer as well for me. Where this yeah. is gonna be it's gonna be a, a a hot comedian summer for us. A hot Asian boy summer. Yeah, you got it. You got that's it. That's what's up. That's what's but up. Yeah, that, I, I'm. I think I, I'm gonna say it on here so that I can't back out of it, and I'm. I'm. I'm I don't. Uh, I don't bitch out. Um, is uh, I. I want to do like challenge myself to do like outdoor, like uh, shows in like in like parks and stuff. Just yeah, like kind of like ambush stuff. I know I sent it in the, in the group that we were in earlier because I have a I have a portable speaker that's got ten hours of battery life. Oh, cool. And nice. a wireless mic, so like you, I could just bring it anywhere and like with a mic stand. Um, and I, this past weekend I went, uh, and, uh, and like drove by Trinity Bellwoods park and there was like a bunch of people there. Oh, and so I think that would be like 
super easy because like everyone's starved for entertainment and i i feel like this is like the sweet spot where like you'll get the least amount of fuck you from strangers and i i, I want to try and uh, try and challenge myself so yeah josh if, you, if you're if you're down uh, I'm, I'm gonna ask you on the podcast so that you you, you be accountable to your answer if we'll, you want to we'll do that one time. we'll see because i know i know very much how that would work with my style because my style is so much my voice in yeah. like a, in a vacuum we'll get it real loud that <laughs> that that in an environment where people are like playing frisbee is like uh one Spike night ball. stand it's like what i don't hear it. yeah it's like yeah. Be I, so I know that but it's like <laughs> Oh Even if God. it goes terribly, yeah. think of the think of the podcast content. <laughs> that, Do that, it for the podcast, be. Josh. Let, think about like even if it goes well, amazing story to tell. If it goes <laughs> terribly, even better story to tell. We got to do this. We got to force That's ourselves to, to have these experiences, you know. And yeah. I'm I'd rather do this than go bungee jumping. So, <laughs> <laughs> and tell a story about what, that. Or, or bungee jumping if, uh, is New Zealand. Yeah, just like uh, tell a joke right before you go bungee jumping, and then it's like when you bounce back up. Is anybody laughing? Nobody's laughing. <laughs> and then you just stay down. That's what a Zoom comedy show is like. Yeah. Oh that's my what, god. That's oh, what is anybody is. laughing is that? Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, great to be able to like you know yeah. dive in deeper with you, Nick. Uh, looking forward to, being, fun. to get back out there with you and uh, be able to do some more shows with you as well. Like, I mean, I think we only did the first show we actually did together was was the Fresh Rice show in front what of. What a way to start! What a way I to know. start! I know. I mean, it's like, and I'll say it like at the end of this because I doubt any of the other people that that did the show would uh, would have listened to this all the way through. My my parents told me that us two were the best of the night. Um, oh. and, and my mom is not one to say that, like everything I do is great. So if she said it, I was like, I'll, I'll take that as gospel. So, uh, I know I told you the night of that, they, they, right. you were their, uh, next favorite to the thing they created. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that, uh, it was, a it, it was a really fun night. And yep, I don't know if it was your friends, but I'm going to tell it because it was, it was a great moment that like some random audience member gave me like a bag full of like, you know, six joints. And it was like, oh. as like a, as a thank you for making us laugh. And I was like, I've never been more flattered. Um, wow, so yeah. to any of your listeners, if you want to know how to thank me, you know, now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, same, same, uh, same kind of response from my friends as well. They, they really liked your set. They thought you yeah. had a great, great stage presence. I mean, Lucas was there. He, he, he can definitely attest to kind of the audience's uh, reaction there. So I think we, we definitely had a great, uh, great show. Um, Three glasses of wine. was great. Sweet spot. And you were, and you said like you were like pretty high. Like how high were you when you walked out on stage? No, I, I, well, what I did was um, I, I ascribe very much to the practice how you play um, yeah. type of mantra. And for a lot of shows, what I would do, like doing them in the city or, or if I wasn't driving, like I, you're there and like, and, and this is a, uh, another humble brag, but as you get better comedy, like you get put later in the show. Mm. because like they put you later later in the show because like it, if you're good it's harder for people who aren't as good as you to follow you right. um and so that started to happen where i'd get pushed later and later to the show and then i would show up and a lot of the times they don't tell you when you're going to be on before you get there so you get there if the show time's seven o'clock i would get there at seven o'clock and then i'd be like okay i'm not on until 8 45 Mm. um so at, like i, I what am i going to do until then and then and then so a lot of the times the the show's rougher comedians to watch and you know the, it's not as fun to, to sit through so i naturally I, I would i would you know bring a joint or something and then and the smoke at the at the beginning of the show and then so by the time i'm on stage like i've 
sobered up and 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 you know pretty much but like i'm still a little giggly so that's what i did for the show like during the first before the like before our our taping there was another taping yeah so at the beginning before i watched that taping i i I went and smoked a joint so i was like i was on the come down like this was like three and a half three hours later right yeah Uh, but but then like i I was like uh you you know i I had a a couple of glass three glasses of wine before going on just to, like, just to take the edge off because was... i didn't want i don't want to have any stutters or anything yeah, like that or, or like sure. a- or nerves or anything like that and i'm not saying that alcohol is great but it is perfect for making sure you stop stuttering <laughs> yeah no i i remember like when we when we saw the raw footage you you were laughing at the way you look when you walked you were on stage walking up to the center it was it was well, almost it, like I, at I that looked, moment you yeah. realized everything was hitting it's like oh yeah. i just had like three glasses of wine and i'm on the come down but like what the fuck i'm no walking. it was just sheer panic at the audience size what what would happen was i walked out i looked at the audience and then they went Woo! and then i went like and then I came at like, but I looked toward the back of the stage so that they couldn't see me. And then yeah, I'm like, yeah. and then, so like it took like a breath and then I came back up with a smile, Yeah, but in the raw footage, there's a camera behind <laughs> the it. stage that just behind us, like shooting the audience and they caught that. And so when we watched the raw footage for the first time, I was dying laughing. Cause I'm like, and Vong said he couldn't find the footage. I was pretty yeah. upset about that, but like, I <laughs> wanted to have that as a promo. Cause it's just so funny. Cause I look so happy. And then I'm like, <gasps> and then, uh, and then, and then immediately back. And it's, it's like less than half a second. Right, it's like, right. it's like, um, I don't know if you ever seen the show lie to me, but it was like, it was all about like micro expressions telling how uh, people right. lie. It was like, yeah, yeah. it was a micro expression because it was like, it was so such a quick muscle flexion. Hilarious. Yeah, muscle no, flexion. it's, um, but yeah, looking forward to the future we got, you know, on yes. uh, see, see what it looks like when we're making it, when we're made it. Per how se. often are you checking the view counts? Uh, for what? The, oh, your, for your the set. Your set. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, be yeah. honest with me. I check it in between the few dozen times I watch it. So, you know, I just, make sure <laughs> I just, I, I only watch sure mine the once it makes me really uncomfortable. Um, but I, uh, I, I, but I like, I didn't look at, at the views cause I didn't want to. And then my mom was like, the views are getting up there. And I was like, huh? And then I went and checked it and I was like, I was like, I, I can't keep doing this. It's going to be, it's going to be debilitating. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely checked it more uh, the first few days, but now yeah. it's kind of like just here or there, uh, yeah. see what happens. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just yeah, happy that it's out there. Happy for you as well for for everybody on the on the show to be able to see their material in that kind of environment. And uh, yeah, we can only go up from here. Or and we'll no. book so many more shows now because yeah, we, we have something that we can send to people. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I'll, I'll uh, you know I'll probably invite you, but I think now that a golf course is open, I might drive around to some of the ones near me because they have like outdoor environments oh, cool. and stuff and mm. like now that i can send them a link to like you know good material that i can be like hey you know let's try and organize a show or something and because yeah, i think yeah. that's probably going to come back quicker than any open mics or anything like that patio um, shows, yeah patio shows outside stuff um but i don't want to be waiting around for a, a handout so I, I'm, i'll probably shoot you some invites for that yeah dude sure. that's sure. true hustle man that's good it's hard, man. And the only yeah. reason I'm saying it here is because now I'm accountable. There we <laughs> you know, are. You know, that's why. Like, I you, like you got to say things because then it's like, if you say like I'm gonna lose 80 pounds, like if you don't, like you're an asshole. Like you're just like, why you why are you like telling us about it? Like if you're not gonna yeah. do it, like you're just wasting our time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And you know what? We're gonna end off this podcast with our, you know, our our traditional 10 letter word challenge. Uh, that we like to do 
<laughs> ten letter yeah. word. Well, no, ten, ten word, word word association. Yeah, <laughs> ten word association challenge uh, that we like to do. So Lucas and I will have ten words. Do all of my answers have to be with ten letters? Because it's going to take me longer to come up with answers. Hmm. Yeah. No. I mean, hey, you gotta yes. you gotta <laughs> tap into that fifty percent Indian spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give me you gotta give xanthum me the... gum x-a-n-t-h-a-m yeah you gotta give me xanthum. that origin that uh the country of origin but um yeah let's get right into it so get into a zen mode nick and uh one second let me just take a sip of water sure 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 actually Lu- lucas you want to go first yeah 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 all right, all right let's go dude i was hoping it'd be red wine in there man uh no no uh, it's okay. a wednesday I'm <laughs> all right, all right. You feel loose. You feel I had, good. I had a few drinks last night. That's why. <laughs> good, good man. With the release, you know. Yeah. Nice. All right. First word of ten. Attitude. Lots. Hair. Lots. <laughs> Church. None. Ramen. Some. Hmm. Very rarely. Oddly. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe twice. Uh, forgettable. Names. <laughs> Outside the party. Uh, failed endeavor. Which was actually really funny, though, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had yeah. your guest behind you the whole time? Yeah. Oh, that was good. Um, Italian. Half. Uh, multiply. Uh, fear. Oh, interesting. I have a math major. I'm terrible at simple arithmetic. Oh, are you? Yeah. 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 Uh, COVID. Long. Last one. Nick. Sweaty. Oh, well, damn. It's hot in here right now. And I've been sweat. I don't know if you could see, but like it's, I've been, I've been steadily like getting shinier the whole time. <laughs> it's not on you. I just did forgot to turn off my fan. I didn't turn on my fan because I didn't want it to. Yeah, no, uh, same, same thank thing. You. It, it, it's hot. That, that's what's yeah. I got to turn up yeah. the when, we, when we record. Um, but okay. All right. Let's get into my 10 words. Nick. All right. Get into that Zen mode. First word. Your first word is childhood. Fun. Banana. Nutella. Sun. Proud. Solitude. Necessary. Goal. Achievable. River. Phoenix. He's Circle. an actor. He's yeah. an actor. He's, oh, I just yeah. heard him on a podcast. His mention on a podcast. River, River Phoenix. Died, uh-huh. died too young. Yeah. Um, next word. Circle. Rob Schneider. I don't see the wait. What was that connection? So in uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, yeah. This is you couldn't make this movie now, but he played the Chinese uh, 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 officiant at a uh, Niagara Falls oh, chapel. Right, and he made this when Chuck and Larry are getting married. He he made this whole speech about like how uh, the ring is like a circle. It's a circle because it, in the beginning, no end, and and and. 
me when I watch it with my mom, he like we we died laughing at that. And every so often, like like well, it's one of our inside jokes now. Like we're just entered our lexicon. We're like like a circle, like and we'll just do it to each other <laughs> in weird. Uh, I don't even know if that's a hate crime at this point to to do the accent, but it was it just makes me it it, it makes me so joyful and like it's a fun when you have that connection. Oh, nice, yeah. That's Watch that clip. It's, it's hilarious. I I don't know if it's if it's PC anymore, but it's it's I stand by that. It's hilarious. Hey hey, they they milked the Ch- the Chinese ethnicity as much as they could out of them. Cause yeah yeah. Because you go you go far back enough. Um, yeah. Next word, kumquat. Safe word. Mm. Winning. It's not mine, but it sounds like a good one. <laughs> Winning. Um, Bad personality trait. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know it's not a word, but it's just, yeah. And and finally, finished. My water. Oh. Very present. Very in the moment. Very present in the moment. All right. Yes. Great job, Nick. Thanks for coming on. It's been a it's been a great chance to 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 really talk to you about you know comedy. And uh, and be able to get your experience, and and uh, I am looking forward to seeing where where you go forward from here uh, in the next few years as we as we keep on trying to make it. Uh, what what's your social media handles? Anything to uh, plug out there? Yeah, um, I have uh, Nick Fernandez comedy on Instagram. Uh, just go there. Uh, I, I have Facebook and stuff, but I don't check it. So let's just I'm gonna be real with you. Just go to the Instagram. I I'm. It, you know, for, for in order to do comedy, social media is a part of it, and you need to need to do it. But uh, you know, I go through fits of being like, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, but then there's there's also like really really great parts. Um, and you know, when you're when it's good for connection, but some of the, you know, you need to take breaks from it sometimes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. And uh, Lucas, what are your handles? Uh, you can find me across social media at Lucas John Ing again. That last name is two letters, just N and a G. So look out for that. And Josh, where can people find you? You can find me at Josh Yang Comedy across all social media, uh, as well as don't forget to listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast. Um, we're putting out new episodes because I've been lazy and I haven't been holding myself accountable. So now, we now I definitely got to get that next episode out of there because it's starting to get yeah. embarrassing, Josh. It's starting to get embarrassing um not wow. enough people are sleeping with you so you know you got to put that podcast out there there's no yeah. no there's no double meeting behind that um now so you can look, look that i have up a genuine question here about your your sleep podcast yeah what happens if i'm not sure if you're you're a single man at the at the time right now but um what happens if you have a fan of you like of your your sleep podcast like she's mm. like really really into your sleep podcast and then like you end up going out together like do you think like it's, it'll be a lot like a Pavlovian thing where if you get her into bed, she'll just like immediately fall asleep mm. just because you're there? Like, mm. is that is that a worry or am I just like creating a new neurosis for you? I mean, it's either they fall asleep or they turn a corner down a street and find the location they're looking for. So it's <laughs> it's kind of varied. I just I just try not to speak. I just try not to talk. It's just, yeah. you know, just being just don't talk. <laughs> Yeah. Then the talking leads the other stuff. But you know what's actually pretty hilarious about this? I think I mentioned it before, but I still keep checking the stats on it. Still, majority sixty something, two thirds of my listeners are women, which is which is nice. hilarious because because my my subject matter is not specifically like catered to women at all. 
And if anything, it's just the joke in the the title and the voice. I'm imagining for some reason, like maybe women will be less, you know, uh, self-conscious about listening to no, it. No, I think it's just your demographic is it, the people that would listen to a sleep podcast are probably mm. mostly women. Oh. Um, like speaking for myself as, as a man, like a lot of the time what I'll do, like to, if I'm having trouble going to sleep, I'll put on a movie that I've, I've seen before because mm. I don't have to listen to the dialogue because I know what's happening. Right. I don't have to pay right. a clue into it. And then it's just kind of like I'm falling asleep in front of the TV. Yeah. Where, whereas I've, I've heard of like a lot of the women I've, I've known, like they, they either listen to music or a true crime podcast, which is mind boggling to me right before bed. Um, yeah. And so they'll be like, they'll go, they'll fall asleep too. And then she was stabbed 42 times in her own bed. And they're like, oh, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it at all. Also, I, sh I should mention, um, I am starting a, um, a, a new podcast with uh, a couple of other uh, comedians, Dino, nice. the genetic Marvel and um, mm. Atlas Novak uh, out of California. Actually, um, they, mm. he asked me to be a part of it. It's uh, we're working on the name, but right now the working, uh, working name is Generation Dan or um or uh yeah or gen bridge but those are the two we're playing with we'll, we'll figure mm -hmm. it out cool. um nice. but the the conceit of it is one of us is from gen x one of us is from a, a millennial and one of us is gen z i represent gen z but our initials spell out dan so we're generation dan oh, okay yeah. nice nice and nice. It, and it just so happens that we fall in the generational order in the initials dan so it's x oh. millennial z yeah. all in the order it's, it's quite quite interesting oh, yeah cool. well yeah definitely Check look out. out for that you know podcasts beget podcasts where we're a snake eating its own tail so it's like <laughs> that's how podcasting works <laughs> well i i want to get better at this at being yeah. able to converse in long form uh and the only way to do it unfortunately is to do it to and do so, it if they suck in the beginning i apologize but we'll get there uh, maybe my oh. next uh, you know we'll, we'll figure it out yeah. Nice. Great. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely do a shout out once, a, once the first episode comes out. But uh, once again, thank you, Nick. And to everybody else, you know, don't forget to like and subscribe to this uh, podcast on YouTube, but also across all your podcast platforms. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. 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 Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.